Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The scriptures for this weekend are quite appropriate for where we are in the liturgical year. We are in the last weekend of ordinary time. Next week, we celebrate the very end of ordinary time for this liturgical year. We celebrate the feast of Christ the King. The week after that, we begin Advent. But before we enter into this gospel, it's important for us to understand the context in which it is set in. Right now, Jesus has just entered into Jerusalem with his apostles. Now, this is an awesome experience for the apostles. Remember, the apostles were from Galilee, which is really a rural territory. wasn't much as far as large buildings, crowds of people that they would typically see in a large, bustling urban city. And so Jesus and the apostles are now in Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel. They see all these buildings, all the marketplaces, all the people. Better yet, they see the glory of the temple. Now, this was probably the most awesome sight the apostles have ever seen in their life. It's undoubtedly it's the most beautiful, the most impressive building the apostles have ever seen. And so, picture this scene. Here, Jesus is standing with his apostles in front of the temple, and their jaws are dropping. The apostles are standing there astounded by the beautiful and the most impressive thing that they've ever seen in their life. So Jesus says to them what? Not one of the stone of this will be left upon another. All of this will be torn down. Now this is shocking language for the apostles to hear. A good analogy to help us understand and appreciate what they're hearing, it would be like if we were to stand before the Capitol or the White House in Washington, D.C., and Jesus comes up to us and says, all of this will be destroyed in a few days. Or we're standing before St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, and Jesus comes up to us and says, all this will be torn down. Now, we would say this is incredibly shocking. It's hard for us to believe that would actually happen. Now, what makes it worse is that Jesus says, now the whole world will be destroyed. Notice what he says. In those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from the skies. And the powers in the heavens will be shaken. I can only imagine what is going through the minds of the apostles. Here is Jesus, the Son of God, telling them that the whole world, as they know it, will be destroyed, and they will be witnesses to it. Now, this language that Jesus is using is referred to as apocalyptic language. It could, could, describe the end times. Now, apocalyptic language is something that has been very popular, and not just now, but throughout the centuries, people have always been fascinated by the end of the world. When will it happen? And what will it be like? 
If you go to any bookstore, you will see shelves upon shelves of this apocalyptic literature. If you go to any website that sells books, you see pages and pages of books talking about the end times. You know, several years ago, there was that series of books called Left Behind. They sold millions and millions of books, and it talked about the end of the world. So many people are fascinated with this event. So what are we to make of this and all the readings for this weekend? How are we to understand the message of Christ? Well, if we are to take these readings as a literal description of the universal and the cosmological events that definitely will occur, then we are going to be standing on pretty thin ice. How can this be? Well, if you listen to Jesus, to what he says, In those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from the skies, and the powers in heavens will be shaken. And he says, Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Well, all these things will happen before the apostles' generation. Which means what? The apostles will be witnesses to this. Now, the sun will be darkened. The moon will be darkened and not give light. The stars will be falling from the skies. All these things speak about the end of the world. But notice what Jesus says. He says, all this will take place in this generation. Which means what? What's the implication here? Well, if we are to take these things literally, it looks like Jesus is wrong in the sense that the world will destroy itself during the apostles' generation. They will be witnesses to it. And so we have to be very much careful to not take this too literally. Why? Because it undermines Jesus' credibility. Because the world that we know is still here. We are still alive. So what does this all mean? Well, we have to look at the style or the genre of this language. It's referred to as apocalyptic language. Now, that word apocalypse comes from the Greek root word apokalopsis, which means an unveiling. Translate to Latin, it's revelation, which means revelation, to reveal. And it has nothing to do, nothing at all, to do with the end of the world. Now, what is being unveiled? What is being revealed to us? And Jesus tells us just that. He says, In those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, 